Alright, tonight we're going to continue our study. Uh, we talked the doctrine of giving part two. And then we began the study of the doctrine of love. So we'll do some review and then pick up with new material at point ten point two on page four. First, however, we need to use first John one nine as may or may not be necessary. Let us pray. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of being able to come together and to study your word. Guide us now and direct us, for I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've covered giving, part one and part two, and now we're going to review briefly doctrine of love. And... Uh, then pick up where we left off last week as noted on page 4. But let's review first a point or two about Christ's love. Uh, Point 1. A person's love is no stronger than the character of the one who initiates the love. The character of Jesus is perfect, therefore His love is perfect. So that should give us a real warm feeling with reference to the love of Christ because He is absolutely perfect. So this perfection cannot be matched. Uh, We love Him as our character is strengthened from doctrine in the soul. Jesus' love for us, however, does not in any way depend upon us. And that should strengthen all of us in our faith. Therefore, Jesus' love depends on whom and what Christ is, which would be, again, agapao, love, uh, and not on whom and what we are, which would be a phileo-type love. So Christ has found a way for man to respond to His love, and we noted that in 1 Corinthians 2.16 and 1 John 4.19. We respond to the love of Christ by taking in His mind, the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord, but we have the mind of Christ, says the Scripture. So the more we take in the Word, the more we become like Him and thus love Him, if you might say, as we do in Waco, more better. So the doctrine must be, however, in the soul of the believer before we can respond to the love of Christ. We cannot love Christ unless we know Him. And this can only come from doctrine resident in the soul. And the more you love a perfect object, or the more you know about a perfect object, the more you love the perfect object. Alright, then we look at categories of love. Introduction, love comes in five categories. By the way, this is all on the internet. And will soon, of course, if not already, be on the podcast. Category 1 is a love toward God. Category 2 is a love toward either the right man or the right woman, as the case may be. Category 3 is a love toward friends. Category 4 is a love toward all believers with a relaxed mental attitude, even if you have no positive feelings toward them. 
All right, category five is a familial love between parent and child and child and parent. So let's look quickly at category one love. Category one love is commanded in scripture. And that, of course, is a love toward God. Category one love is commanded in both the Old and New Testaments. And we looked at some examples. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And Matthew 22, verse 37. In the kingdom age, negative people who did not accept the Messiah were said to not love God. John 5, verses 41 through, well, 41, 42, and 43. So if you love God, you will do what Christ tells you to do. John 14, verses 15, 16, and 17. It was in a discourse with the scribes that Christ made a very interesting comment in answer to the question, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And the answer from our Lord was, Believe on Him whom He hath sent. And I have reproduced that again for us because to me that is very interesting. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So if you love God in the kingdom age, and you and I know what the kingdom age is, and I point to it on the board, <clears throat> when Christ was on the face of the earth, authoring his kingdom to Israel. If you love him in the kingdom age, there are a number of promises from Christ, such as the indwelling of not only the Spirit, but also the Son and the Father. Most people don't think of the indwelling of a believer in the age of the church, uh, that is, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it seems that many believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but not the Father and the Son, though it's quite clear in Scripture as we saw last week. John fourteen twenty three. There are many passages that indicate all believers today are indwelt by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I have listed, and we read them last week, John seven thirty seven through 39. 14 verse 20, 17 verse 22 and 23, and Colossians 1, 27. Alright, going on now to page 2.6. God has provided subtle differences between the two New Testament words for love. See how the resurrected Lord used the two words in His discourse with the Apostle Peter. That's on page 3. And we had looked at John 21, verses 15 through 17. You remember they were all in on the side of the Lake Galilee. They'd gone out and fished, and they'd come back and were frying their fish, cooking their fish, whatever they did. And Christ appeared to them. You remember the agapao and the phileo, agapao, phileo, so forth and so forth. So just a reminder, John 21, 15 through 17. Now then. I suspect new material here. The production in the Christian life is a product of doctrine in the right lobe, which is provided by the ministry of God the Holy Spirit. 
This certainly includes our positive uh, reaction to suffering. And we've got this chart on the board here uh, that shows us how Bible doctrine comes into the soul and and then moves into the right lobe and then ultimately starts producing. And I might put the chart in our lesson plan for those who are who will be receiving this via the podcast or the internet. All right, uh, and I've marked on my list, Miss Tommy, chart. All right, the love poured out in our hearts is a result of God's wonderful grace which provides equality to all believers. Ephesians three seventeen through 19. Uh, but uh, we I put on there 2.11 and 2.10. Uh, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no eye has, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit teach, searches all things, even the deep things of God. And of course we have a, we'll have that chart up there that shows how all that happens as the Holy Spirit moves first in the left lobe and then by faith is appropriate and goes to the right lobe and then starts to produce. So we will have uh, additional charts on the podcast and we already have these on the website. So the Holy Spirit, when energized, will teach doctrine to the human spirit so that it is academically understood. The love of God reaches its acme at spiritual maturity as evidenced in Paul's attitude while in prison. Philippians 1, 20 through 24. And again, I'll read, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So though he never did go to the church at Philippi, he's telling them uh, what his mental attitude is going to be. He also asked them to pray for him. Uh, and he had a pastor there who was pastor of three churches. Very interesting. He was a pastor of the church at Philippi, and then he went on up to Hierapolis all the way up. And uh, it was a 16-mile journey, and there was a church in between where he could stop and teach. So he was quite a guy. Wow. And uh, people might think, as I have previously taught, he is a guy who was certainly valuable to the Lord, but his life was not fun. He had many, many, many trials and tribulations. Tommy, it's a little hot in here, isn't it, to you? All you got to do is one button now, darling. We have a new thermostat, so it's not complicated. Just the button on the right there, baby. Yeah, push it. Hit it a couple of times. Watch it go up. Uh, down, honey. <laughs> there are points up and down. Do the one that points down. You're, I think you're on the oh, one. No, but I was, it got down to 50. Good. Quick. Ought to come on then any minute. Unless somebody messed with it. See, there it's coming on now. See, so you hear it? Thank you so much. 
We just got a new thermostat, ladies and gentlemen, out there in the podcast land in the the website. And uh, thanks to Kenneth who bought it and Kim who put it in. Alright, the Holy Spirit when energized will teach doctrine to the human spirit so that it is academically understood. Love of God reaches its acme at spiritual maturity as evidence in Paul's attitude while in prison. Philippians 1, 24-24 I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed as we have just read have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death again for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain alright the same is made clear by John in his description of love all of the loves in the next two verses are from agape as we noted 1 John 4 17 through 18 as a believer you acquire category 1 love when you cycle doctrine in your soul love toward God remembers category 1 it's the basis of blessing for both time and eternity. David, King David, said he would be blessed for he would stay in the Word, the source of category one love. Uh, Psalm 23, verses 5 through 6. Paul says the mystery doctrine of the church age reveals a panoply of blessings for the mature believer. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 through 8. All right, now I think this is about where we started. Positive volition, or stop, excuse me. Positive volition, according to the psalmist, is the source of blessing. Psalm 37, verse 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Alright, then we have in uh, Daniel, the exilic prophet Daniel, was certain blessing would flow to those who loved the Lord. Notice Daniel 9.4, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant of love with all who love Him and obey His commands. And we have the entire book of Daniel on the website. Uh, and uh, it's uh, on, the, on the home page. And every lesson taught uh, are there. And there, I have an, also an expanded translation of the entire book. As well as each lesson. They're all listed by chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way through chapter 12. I say that because it's a great book and uh, some folks would be advised uh, who really want to get with the program to take it in. And we also have several books on it, entire books that I've taught over the years. All right, the Lord preserves the faithful and rejects the proud. Psalm thirty-one twenty-three: Love the Lord all His saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud He pays back in full. So humility is certainly something to pursue. Category 1 love is also the basis for national blessing. 
Conversely, negative volition to God's word results in national destruction. Deuteronomy 30, 30, verse 16. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to teach His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Alright, Hosea chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And we will read through verse 6. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. Notice their problem. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing, lying and murder, stealing and adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Because of this, the land mourns and all who live in it waste away the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea are dying. But let no man bring a charge. Let no man accuse another. For your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. You stumble day and night and the prophets stumble with you. So I will destroy your mother. Now notice why they're in trouble. My people are destroyed. This is verse 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest. And that should better be translated my priest's nation because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. Okay, point 12. Military victory is part of national blessing, so accordingly, category 1, love, is the ultimate weapon yielding military victory for the client nation. Notice Joshua 20, verse 10 and 11, as they were going through the land, encountering various... uh, enemies of God and they were having to defeat them as they took over certain cities. Some cities they bypassed, unfortunately. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as He promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Alright, there's a special curse for those who do not love the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16.22 If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. Come, O Lord. Amen to that. Come, Lord Jesus. Alright, salvation is of course a requisite for loving God. 1 John 4.111 My computers, this is to give you an idea, those of you who computer buffs, Every time you put in 19 on my computer, it produces the number 111. But uh, So that would be 419. We love Him because He first loved us. Alright, and all that occurred when we brought... I probably ought not mention it, but when I got 
put in the new uh, fiber optics. I had all sorts of hell with my computer. So I've talked to AT&T about it. In fact, I own a little, I told them, I said, I own some AT&T stock, and I may not <laughs> ever buy another share of it. But, uh, it's, of course, now the real reason it's down low, and when I bought it, it had a terrific dividend. But uh, that that's based on the price I paid for it. Now, that's neither here nor there, folks. Here we go, point 15. The filling of the Spirit is the first love response toward God. That is to say, our act of rebound. First John 1, 8, and then we'll go to 11, then to 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. First John 1, 11, which is 1, 9. See, it's the 11 apparently that gives you the problem. It's 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Alright, and then one ten. if we say that we have no sin, we lie, and the truth, we make Him a liar. His Word, the truth, is not in us. Alright, point 16. Since the object of category 1 love is God, we can only see Him through His Word. 1 Peter 1.8 Having not seen ye love, in whom though... Now ye see Him not. Interesting, isn't it? A lot of people see God, you know, in various situations. There I was drowning, and I saw God, and He said, Be calm, etc., etc., and nauseam. Alright, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is a promise that when you love God, He is said to know you. Notice 1 Corinthians 8, 3. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Alright, the crown of life is provided to those who love God. Notice James 1.12 Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So that's to the man who gets to a certain level and holds that level even under pressure. A crown of life. And that will be, of course, for believers of the church age at the Bema. Alright, James promised a special blessing to those who are rich in faith. They will share in the kingdom promised to those who love God. James 2.5 Hearken, my beloved brethren, Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He had promised to them that love Him? Alright, in summary, in summary, we love God when we keep His Word. 1 John 5, 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. John six twenty eight, reading through verse 35. Then said they unto Him, What shall we do? And here's our verse that I like so well. That we might work the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. 
Now verse 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, Christ, of course, which giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Alright, so much for cat one love. Now let's go to cat two love. Alright, response in the woman's soul. Alright, the woman from her own volition surrenders her freedom to the right man. This is soul and body response. The right man should be smarter than the right woman. 1 Timothy 2, 11, 12 through 14. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So to become one with a man, a woman surrenders much of her privacy. In response, the woman is supposed to receive agape uh, from the man. But life is sometimes a struggle. Agape, of course, is love based upon whom and what the subject is, not whom and what the object is. So a woman's reaction must be submission even to a bad situation. Remember, the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So the man and the woman must learn all about the souls of one another since marriage is soul submission first and then body submission. A woman's soul is like the man's. It has a noose, heart, stream of conscience with eight compartments, etc. Many women have an infatuation with self and a great deal of vanity. She is very self-conscious. And gentlemen, we always allow for this as this is a natural characteristic of a woman. When a woman falls in love, she changes and tries to please her, pardon the expression, bozo. She has volition and woe to the man who does not understand this. A woman becomes enthusiastic about her man and tries in her own way to please him. The man must cater to this enthusiasm and not squelch it and men are usually a fool in this regard. So a woman has an old sin nature, and it's here that a man must use skill to protect her. <clears throat> he must be artful to let her make choices, but guide, guide the weaker vessel. And there's a chart we're all familiar with. The old sin nature chart. The baseball diamond. Alright, the male as the initiator talked about the lady now let's talk about the male man must love the woman based on who and what he is the male must never be a reactor 
and most men have real trouble with this. They react to the woman and they're not to be a reactor. So the male must love her like his own body. The male must always be a low-key performer and never aggressive physically toward his right woman. Okay, let's look at category two love. For the right man, here we go. Ephesians 5.25, again, husband's love, agapao, your wives, based upon whom and what you are, even as Christ also loved agapao, based upon who and what he was, the church and gave himself for it. All right, for the right woman, the more mature women, likewise, that they be in behavior as become of holiness for not false accusers, not given to wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. All right, so she's to be an instructor, if you will. Now, both of the words for love in, first, in Titus 2.4 come from phileo, which means something that the object of the love is doing. So there is for everyone, except for the unique gift of celibacy, and I have no idea if it's around now or not, a husband or a wife. So the souls of the right man and the right woman were created as one in eternity past before the creation of planet Earth. Genesis 1.27 For God created the word bara from absolutely nothing. It's only used in the creation process. Man in his own image, in the image of God created bara he him, male and female created he them. Apparently, he created both souls at the same time. Then he created a body later to put the souls in the two bodies. So they were to come together in time as a complement one to the other, growing, of course, in time toward perfection using the two power options, naming sin back to God and taking in the Word of God. And then at some point in time, they come together. All right, after the restoration of planet Earth, God first made a body for the soul of the man. As we've just seen in verse uh, 27, the creation process. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now we're going to the body. And breathed into his nostrils uh, the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Later, God built, the word is banah, a body for the soul of the woman. Notice Genesis 2, 21, reading through verse 24. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man, she shall be called Isha. Because she was taken out of old Ish. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. All right, in Matthew 19:5 and verse 6, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain. Twice, two, 
but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So Jesus taught of a unisex format in heaven. Matthew twenty-two, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and 30. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do error, not knowing the Scriptures, for nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven without gender. Right, that the man and woman are to be at oneness with one another is made clear in both the Old and the New Testament. Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. Alright, it was God who ordained the relationship in the Garden of Eden when He made woman out of man in order that she might be an essential, completing associate for Him. The word for rib up there is teselem, and it means a structural member which is so necessary for a building to stand. Christ said, What God hath joined, let not man put asunder. Alright, and then we find the Holy Spirit inspired many scriptures about the relationship of category two love and how it is to function. So mechanics for the wife. Wives, submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Alright, the mechanics for the husband. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. That's gnosis there. Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So it's important, this oneness. The mechanics for both of them. Notice verse 8 in First Peter 3. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. So the concept of soul rapport before sex is poetically communicated in the Song of Solomon. And we've studied that book in its entirety. And it is, um, that is to say, all of the lessons taught in Solomon, which is a great book, it's on the internet under the under the home page. You'll see it chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter. So the concept of soul rapport before sex is poetically commuted in that particular book. The concept of right man and right woman as a concept beginning at birth is also communicated poetically. The nature of love is is explained in Song of Solomon chapter 8 verses 6 and 7. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its desire unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love, Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be an act of total disrespect. 
All right, you will note death does not terminate love. It endures forever. Violation of Category 2 love provisions is very serious business because it can shut off your prayer life as we just saw. That your prayers be not hindered, recall, hindered, recall. And it can result in demon control or demon possession for those who become infatuated with sex outside of marriage. Prayers are cut off when you are out of fellowship with your spouse. And we've seen this verse before, but do it again. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And that, of course, is uh, ekkopto, means to cut off. Out from the ultimate source, a cutting. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit indwell your body, so don't degrade the Trinity with illicit sex. This is something that is completely fleeting today in the minds of so many young folk. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. Then dropping all the way down to verse 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not of your own, or you are not your own. You belong to God. Our category two love must extend only to your spouse and to no one else. Proverbs chapter five, verse one, reading through verse seven. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Let thou shouldest, lest, pardon me, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Verse 8, Move thy way far from her, and come not near the door of her house. So the worship of idols in the various cultures of the Gentiles, such as the Canaanites with their worship of El, Zeus, Jupiter, and more, all had their sex athletes as central characters. The same is true of the Babylonians with their worship, their worship of Ashtoreth and Ishtar. The same is true of the Ugarite with their Baal and Mot, certainly to include the incestuous relationship with Anet. 
and more. So the point, you cannot have illicit sex outside of marriage and not subject yourself to possible demon control. Scriptures, Luke 8, 2, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20, What say I then? That the idol is anything? Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And it would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. And then Second Corinthians six, fourteen, fifteen, and 16, and we shall close. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what relationship has Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All right, now let's close her out with a prayer and invitation to anyone who may be without Christ and without eternal life. Certainly God had you specially in mind when He went to the cross. So if you're there, whether you're listening or whether... Of course, by the website or by the podcast, and you've not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, now's the time to do that. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's what they told, that is, either Paul or Silas, said to the jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's as simple as that. It's as powerful as that. So as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on His name. I will pause and give you opportunity to do just that, and then I will close with a benediction. Father, we are grateful for the privilege of living in the United States of America. We certainly ask Your special blessing upon our country. We ask a special blessing upon each and everyone uh, who might listen to this lesson. And I would ask that God the Holy Spirit would take that which I have presented, make it real, in order that we might become more like our Lord and Savior, even Jesus the Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen.